Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 205. When a habit looks like it brings peace, here's what there is to see. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. So this episode was inspired by a coaching session that I was listening to. One of my change coach trainees um, had recorded a session. I was listening in order to provide feedback. And the session was with a woman who was struggling with binge eating. And in that conversation, which was such a great conversation, a couple things came up. Two things came up in particular that for whatever reason, just really popped out at me as like, oh yeah, these things happen all the time. Like we need to look at this. (laughs) We need to pull these out and talk about them because there are two things that truly I see all the time when I'm coaching people with habits and two things that I very right away recognized when I was struggling with a habit. And I think they're just misunderstandings that we can see in a fresh way. And when we do, they're going to provide a lot of wiggle room. You know, they're misunderstandings that when they look true, when we don't realize that they're misunderstandings and they just look like the truth of things, we feel really stuck and really hopeless. So the first one was around our habit bringing peace. When it looks like to a person and, and it looked to the client in this session I was listening to, like, her binge eating habit brought her peace. It felt good. It it was it was associated in her mind with all kinds of good stuff. Now, of course, it was also associated with all kinds of bad stuff. And that's the flip side, you know. And this is true, I think, of any habit or else to some degree, or else we wouldn't have it. You know, obviously there's payoffs, there's a there's a benefit. And it's a benefit in the way of feeling because that's all that we care about as humans. We just want to feel good. We just want to feel like ourselves. We want to feel good. We want to feel better, however you want to say it. But that's behind every single habit. So when our habit looks like, well, this is my source of peace or this is my fastest or easiest source of peace or whatever that looks like, we're kind of up against a wall because humans aren't very good at foregoing peace. We're not very good at sitting and suffering and we probably shouldn't be. I think there's great, great reason for that. But, but see how that kind of sets us up. Like when it looks like it's bringing us peace, man, it's tough. It's tough because where else are we going to find that? We're not willing to forego it. Where else are we going to find it? How else are we going to find it? So that's one point that I want to talk about in this episode. The other point um, very related is she kept saying, um, when I feel all of this discomfort, so whatever that discomfort is, it's just energy always with the story, but whatever the story is, the story, it could be discomfort that looks like it's a craving or an urge or trying to resist a craving or an urge or just plain old discomfort, you know, energy in your mind's talking about what happened at work or whatever. When there's discomfort, And then a mind comes in and says, I know there's a solution so you don't have to feel this anymore. That's what our habit is. It can look in that moment 
so much. Like if we don't follow through with the habit, this feeling won't end. And it's a funny one because even as I say that, I think we all know better. But again, that doesn't mean anything because we all know better all along. Knowing better doesn't mean anything. But I remember feeling this way around my habits so much. Like when I was really in the middle of that giant urge and my mind is telling me exactly what to go by and what to eat and what to do to make this go away, it truly looked like that was my only option. If I don't do that, I mean, my other option was to just be in this feeling forever and that was not an option. And yet we know feelings change. We know thoughts change. We know that that it's that they are changed. You know, they are fluid. They're not sitting there solid. Yet it really feels like they do. So when we can see a little bit around that, around that thought of I need to finish finish what I started here. I need to go do my habit to make this feeling go away. When we believe that, it's really difficult. And I think that kept believing that thought kept me stuck or however you'd say that. It feels like for quite a while. And when we can see something around that, there's a lot of hope. There's there's a lot of movement that can happen. So those are the two things I want to kind of pull out and talk about a little more uh, specifically in this conversation. Okay, so the first one is around our habit feeling like it is the same as peace in some way. Our habit, we need our habit for peace or our habit brings us peace. Now, again, on some level, yes, but I want you to see that this is very, 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 very relative. So when you're, when, when there is this uptick of energy, which is all it is, and then there's a mind screaming, this is horrible, this is uncomfortable, I I need my habit. It will help. It will take the edge off. Your mind is right in a sense. Now, not about the energy being horrible. That's just your mind screaming and labeling things. But obviously over time, like that's what these habits do is they do numb the feeling. Now, the habit isn't the hero in this case, right? The The issue, the bigger issue here is that this energy feels so horrible and it looks like the habit is the fastest, simplest, most accessible way to feel something else. But, you know, if you look at this in a bigger picture, obviously what's most preferable is to, to, to be in that experience in a new way, to, to see, okay, this is energy. I'm okay in this. There are other ways, like like this feeling is changing. This energy is always shifting. To not be in a situation where it looks like I need to quickly grab for whatever my habit is and make this go away. No, obviously, right? But but again, like to some degree over time, this is the conditioning that's happened. Our habit, this is why we have our habits is they do take the edge off. But what I want to really point out here is where that starts to look like it's peace. It starts to look like we like it. I can't tell you how often people say, yeah, but I think I like my habit. I think I love my habit. I love binge eating. I love binge drinking. I, I, there's something that I love about ruminating and worrying or what, whatever the habit is. And yet 
people say that with some bit of confusion. Like it doesn't sit well because they don't want to love it, obviously. But I think because we know we don't really. There's something that just doesn't add up there. And what doesn't add up is that these things are not peace. They are not happiness. They are not pleasure. There is nothing pleasurable about binge eating, nothing. But our mind will tell us that they are. And of course, they do, to some degree, start to look and feel that way because they take the edge off the suffering. So this is where I love the work of Alan Carr. I just had Horton on the the show a few episodes ago uh, speaking about it. It was so helpful for me. And again, I know I've said this a million times, but around cigarettes especially, I mean, it truly looked like I love to smoke. I still get a little giddy talking about it like, I don't know, 20 years later. I love to smoke. I loved it. I, I loved the ritual of it. All my friends smoked. I loved all, all of that. But man, if you've ever been a smoker, you know the pleasure of opening a fresh pack of cigarettes or lighting that first cigarette after a meal or or your first cigarette of the day. I loved it. I was convinced that I loved it. And that makes quitting really, really, really hard. I really I had a similar thing around binge eating as well, although it didn't look quite so pleasurable. Kind of did, kind of did on some level. And for sure, I I would have said at the time that I loved the foods that I was binge eating on. Now, I would have preferred to have not had to binge on them. But it there was something in there that really felt like this is a true desire, a true pleasure. And if I quit this habit, I'm taking that away and that's leaving my life. And And I think this is just I think it really keeps us, we might not even recognize that it's keeping us sort of stuck, but I think it does. So what was so helpful in the Alan Carr work around smoking was seeing that the the pleasure that comes from smoking, for example, is not, I mean, I don't want to say it's not true pleasure, but it's it's bringing us back, and Horton described this really well in our episode a few episodes ago. It's bringing us back up to a, a sort of normal, a sort of baseline that was only dipped below normal because of the habit itself. So in the case of smoking, you're you're feeding all this nicotine. Your body starts to get used to that. When the nicotine starts to dip, your brain says, whoa, this is uncomfortable. Don't like this feeling. All the smoking does is just bring you back up to that baseline, which isn't a true baseline. It's an addicted baseline. It's a baseline of a smoker when, when your brain is kind of, you know, oriented around wanting a certain level of nicotine. So it was huge for me to see, oh, this isn't about smoking being a pleasurable thing. It only feels that way because I'm in the habit of smoking right now. And if I were not in the habit of smoking right now, this would not be a pleasurable thing. And as, as <laughs> I'm ashamed to admit, but as many times since I quit smoking 20 years ago, as I have uh, smelled a cigarette or been out with friends or had a lapse in judgment and thought, oh God, that sounds good right now. And I light a cigarette as a non-smoker, it's not so good. 
It just isn't. Now, don't you don't have to test that yourself. And and when I was freshly a non-smoker, like when this was a new thing, I wasn't tempting it. I'm saying years and years later, like for a non-smoker, smoking's not good. For a non-binge eater, binge eating is not a pleasurable activity whatsoever. For a non-binge drinker, drinking a lot of alcohol is not a pleasurable thing. So these things are not actually bringing peace and they're really not even, you know, again, this is all very relative, but and no activity is inherently anything, but they don't tend to be things that really feel good. They only feel good to our mind because our mind is telling us that they do. And, the, and it's telling us that they do because it is creating this experience of it being really uncomfortable when we don't have them, but that's only when we're in the habit. So I can tell you 100% since I have been a non-binge eater for many years now, yes, some of those foods are still good. A lot of them are not. A lot of those binge foods, I look at them now and think that's I, that's not even a good food. And back then I thought it was amazing. But But some of them are. And there's nothing about binging on them that would bring any pleasure. Eating them, yes. Maybe eating them until I'm full or even eating them when I'm not hungry and all of that. Sure, maybe. Binge eating, no. And I think it's like that with everything if we really look. And I think that's really important to see. So this peace is not... It's not peace in the way that we know it and that we talk about it here. I mean, it's not peace. It's, it's a numbing of discomfort, which is not at all the same as peace. And, you know, again, I, I, think, I think we know that. It's not like we think, oh, I'm in real, this is as good as it gets, is, is having a binge. No. But it's really big to see it's, it's not even close to as good as it gets. It's not even in the same universe as as good as it gets, you know, like, like not, even, not even remotely close. So as, as long as it looks to us on some level like, yeah, but this is the only piece I know, or this is the only or the fastest or the easiest or the quickest, the most reliable way to feel some sort of peace, the only peace I know, it's just going to be kind of tough. So how do we get around that? You know, what's the alternative? Where's the real peace, the real, real peace, not just the I've numbed the discomfort piece. And I think that's what we need to feel for and look toward outside of the context of our habit. So. If you are in the throes of a habit that feels really powerful right now, don't even try to find peace anywhere related to your habit. I mean, you, you know, you see what feels bright to you, but I, I don't think I could have done that. The binge eating, smoking, the whatever, like it, again, it brought back to sort of brought me back, it felt like to sort of a baseline, but to experiment with real peace that had to come when I was feeling okay, when I wasn't full of urges and cravings, when I wasn't beating myself up right after a binge. And frankly, there were a good, a good few years there when those moments were pretty few and far between. It was, I was doing one or the other. I was either 
trying to push the next binge away, planning for the next binge, or trying to make up for the binge I just had. So if that's where you are right now, it's just how things feel at the moment. And still, still, there are moments when this habit, all of this is not really there for you. Moments at least, if hopefully much more than moments, where where we can just feel a little bit deeper. We can feel into like, hey, what if it's true that there is nothing but peace beyond all my repetitive thinking? What if it's true that all the peace I could ever imagine is there right now? It's just not being felt or noticed because there's so much identification with what's moving. Thoughts, feelings, stories, identities. We get so hooked into that. We get so immersed in that that we don't notice the pure peace, the real peace that's all around within which all of that moving stuff is coming and going. It's like the background. You just want to lean into the background and notice the background. It's really, really peaceful in the background. But we're so pulled into the foreground and the this thought and that feeling and this urge and that plan and this goal and all of that stuff that we completely miss the background where all the pieces. Or we're so immersed in all of the ongoing story and the twists and turns and the storyline and me and my life and and that and we want peace, but we think we need to rearrange the storyline to find the peace, right? That's that's really the predicament most thought identified humans are in, where it's like, yeah, I want peace and I know peace is possible. So let me make sure the kids are quiet and I find a good book and the stars align and I can maybe if all these things are right, then I'll feel peace. That's not peace either. It, you may feel peaceful in those moments, but that's not that's not at all the kind of peace that we need we need to start to get familiar with we need to reconnect with in order for these habits to just fall away and we need that on a much bigger level than an individual level if if we all started to connect with that piece more and more everything would start to change so That's kind of that first point that I just think is so big to see. Yeah, I get it. Of course, on some level, it feels like our habit brings us peace. But just question that. Question, is this really peace? Or is this just a a kind of decent in the moment band-aid? And again, our our mind with this habits will say, no, it's peace. (laughs) Or, or sure, yeah, that other piece that she's talking about is available, but not for you. It's too, I can't feel that. It's not, I don't know where that is. Our mind is so quick to say, this is too abstract. I don't get it. I don't feel it. That is your mind just trying to keep itself in its own patterns. Don't believe that. It may really feel like your experience. You might really say, yeah, I don't know. I haven't felt peace in a long time. Yes, I'm not saying you're lying about that, but I'm saying that's because your mind consistently tells you, oh no, that's too abstract, too out there. I don't get it. And then and then we just buy it. So don't buy it. Okay, the other, the other point was around when we're in this discomfort, you're in the discomfort, you're full of 
of cravings and urges. And again, when I say discomfort, when we have a habit, it's not just, you know, it's all the same thing, really. There's just an energy. There's just an energy. And then there's a mind labeling that energy, there's thought labeling that energy and telling stories about why it's there and what it's coming from. So either way, like all the time, all always, infinitely, forever and ever, there's this energy. And there is a stream of thought that wants to tell a story about that energy. So when I talk about discomfort related to a habit, you know, it can be that you caught a glance of yourself a reflection of yourself in a window or a mirror and you don't like it and there's a lot of discomfort there and then instantly a mind comes in and again, the discomfort is the story. The discomfort is a story that this is not okay. And then that ramps up and ramps up and ramps up and it really does feel not okay. And then of course there's a solution to not okay, that's your habit. Or it can just be that if your habit is binge eating, you see you see your binge food or you have a thought about it and then your mind starts to like, oh, that would be great. No, don't do it. And, you know, that like, so again, it doesn't, it's all the same. It's all the same. It's just energy and a story, like, like all feeling. But it gets going, let's say it's all ramped up and it's feeling uncomfortable and it's feeling unbearable and like something you absolutely can't be in which is how it feels. And thought says, hey, there is a solution, you know, and we know exactly what the solution is. And again, like we said earlier, in a sense, thought's kind of right, just because that's the way your the conditioning has been going. You know, you eat the food, drink the drink, do whatever the thing is, get the approval, uh, grab your phone, whatever it is. And and you do feel a little bit better, but simp- but you don't feel peaceful. You just feel better because you've distracted from the pain. But a very common storyline at this, at this juncture is, I have to. This feeling won't go away unless I do my habit. And again, it's a, it's a funny one. Like I said in the beginning of this conversation, it's one that I think we can so easily say, well, that doesn't make sense. But sense sense has no role in any of this, so that doesn't really matter. But, you know, like, of course, feelings change. Of course, feelings come and go. But there is something about being in the middle of that urge or craving with all the resistance that's coming up, with all, all of that, that just truly feels like, no, this habit is necessary. Like if I don't, this feeling will last forever. And again, it kind of goes without saying, but I think it's so big to really just point out and look at that, that that is what your mind wants you to think. That is what thought, that is just the habitual thought that comes up around this. And I, I, I don't mean to say it like as if your mind is against you in some way. It truly isn't. But it it is conditioned to to turn to whatever your habit is to calm itself down, to feel that relative peace. So, and it's so all about these cause and effect models and this causes that. And if you do this, that's the effect. And, and so, and it's very efficient for it to be that way. You know, it's, it's a great heuristic. It's just a a shortcut for your mind to say, oh, feeling all of this energy that isn't so great, 
hey, I know what will protect you. Just go eat a bunch of food. And it's right. Again, it's right. So it just relies very heavily on its shortcuts, on its heuristics, on its efficiency, because that's it. it's just doing its job. So it, in a sense, in a, in a, a non-mean sense, in a very loving sense, it kind of wants you to think that, oh yeah, if I don't do my thing, I'm going to feel this way forever and I can't have that. Like there's only one option here, turn to the habit. But if you can start to see that that's just what a mind will say at this point. And if you can be open to the fact that, oh, those are just words. That's just a thought that shows up. It doesn't mean anything. It isn't the truth. It's just a thought that shows up at this point. It can start to look really, really different. I think with anything we're doing, a mind is very quick. You notice this. Like it's very quick to come in and tell you what you've had enough of or what you need more of or what you can handle or what you can't handle. I think about this often with exercising. I lift weights and I I do it with a uh like a workout and where there's a teacher there lifting weights and kind of talking to us. And it's so funny how often I'll be lifting these heavy weights for what feels like forever. And my mind will start to say, I don't, I can't do anymore or I can't, or I don't even know the words that show up. I just know the feeling of it. And, and yet my arm is still pumping (laughs) or my legs are still squatting, but I'll start to hear that conversation. And what I love as I'm listening to my Peloton instructor, as I'm doing this so often at some point right around there, the instructor will say, yes, you can. You know, you don't have to stop. Yes, you can. You stay here. And it's like, how did they know? <laughs> how did they know that's exactly what my mind was saying? But you know what? Like, duh, because all, all minds work in the exact same way. And it's, and I'm not, please don't hear this as me talking about pushing through or, or powering through. It's not like that. I'm sharing this to see this is just what a mind does. A mind always wants to just keep us comfortable. So when it says you can't do another rep, of course you can. That's not the truth. It's just a sweet little mind trying to keep us comfy. (laughs) Like it's starting, it's, you know, if anything, it's like that thought is just showing, okay, yeah, it's starting to get a little tough. You don't want to take it literally and say, oh, I can't do another rep. Okay, well, let me just drop the weights. I mean, it's just not going to go well. And it's and it's true, too, that you can do another one. And I've seen this over time. And again, it's just been a kind of a cool way to see it. It's like when that instructor says, yes, you can. Don't you stop right now. And somehow he or she read my mind. It's like, oh, okay, well, maybe they're right. And look, there's another seven reps in there. Who knows? So... I want you to see that around this, that when your mind says, oh, well, here I am. It's, it's back. Here's the feeling. This, this is not going away. I guess this is going to be a binge day. I guess, this is, I guess I'm just going to go do my habit and I'll start fresh tomorrow. That is just what it says at a certain point of somewhat discomfort, but do not take that literally. It is not, it doesn't know. <laughs> How could it know how things are going to go. Like it just isn't smart like that. 
it's just mechanical. It's just habitual. It's really consistent and, and it shows up and it might sound like it knows what it's talking about because you don't feel well, but it does not. So in the coaching session I was listening to that inspired this whole episode, um, the client was talking about this exactly, saying, you know, it just feels like it's going to go on and on unless I eat. And the coach, I love this question. The coach did a great job. The coach said something, I'm paraphrasing, but something like, um, oh, okay, so what happens though if you're in the middle of feeling all of these urges and the doorbell rings? And the client said, uh, well, I go answer the door. <laughs> and the coach says, well, does the feeling go away? And I don't remember exactly how the conversation went, but I've had this conversation myself a lot of times with clients. And, you know, it's something like, yeah, I kind of forget about it for a minute, but, and you know, I'm sure you can fill in the but, but after I go answer the door and the feeling kind of subsides and I'm talking to the person saying, no, thank you. We, we just got new gutters. We don't need those right now. And then I come back, the feeling's going to come back. Well, duh, <laughs> of course it is. But again, so what? Like we're not saying, like, like what's important there is to see, look, there was a little shift away from this and your mind telling you, you have to eat or do your thing or else this feeling's going to go on forever. Look, it was lying. There's your evidence. There's your proof. It was lying. You're not going to feel this way forever. Now, yeah, when your mind comes back to, and this is just what a mind does, this is not life. Life doesn't give us this. Life doesn't have continuity. Only a mind has continuity. So a mind will, the person, gutter salesman walks away, you come back and sit in your chair and, and thought says, now where were we? Ugh, why does it have to do that? <laughs> where were we? Where were we as a thought to? That is just what a mind does. It's just part of its job, right? Where were we? Oh, that's right. We were in all this suffering and we were going to need to eat right now so that we could feel okay. Well, that's just blown out of the water. I mean, obviously, that's, that's not the case anymore. But oh my gosh, I remember again being when I was really in the throes of my habit, being so sucked into that. I mean, I... I can remember having evenings where I was just crawling out of my skin wanting to binge and I couldn't usually because someone was home and I didn't have any ability to do that. But planning the next day's binge or whenever I was going to be alone and have the opportunity. And I mean, sometimes that was, it was always at least 10 to 12 hours away. Sometimes it was much more. Sometimes I would plan a binge on a Tuesday night for a Thursday when I knew I was going to have the house to myself or whatever and follow through on that. I mean, do you know how much happens between Tuesday and Thursday? Do you know how much happens? Really, the same amount that happens between Tuesday and Thursday is the amount that happens between the time the doorbell rings and then you tell the gutter salesman, no, thank you, and you go sit in your chair. It's the same amount that happens between this moment and this moment. It's wiped clear. Life is revolving. It's fluid. It's moving. This energy is always shifting and changing. It's only a stream of me and my life thinking 
that brings this continuity in that says, oh, where were we? Or, oh, that's right. I was going to, I was going to binge today and brings back the discomfort, the uncomfortable feeling, and then brings back the plan. So just be on to your mind doing this. This is not natural and, and it's very normal, but it's not natural in the biggest sense of the word. This is not, there is no continuity in life. There is only continuity in thought. And it's so not as powerful as we think it is when we don't realize, you know, when it looks like, no, there's continuity in life and in my habit. This doesn't go away unless I do my thing. Ridiculous. It's, it's no different than your mind. That, that story is no different than your mind saying, I can't do another one when you actually have seven reps left in you. It's absolutely no different. It's just what a mind says. It reminds me of the backseat driver animation in the Little School of Big Change, which is always one of the favorites. People love that animation. And I, I, I don't know, it has some, has some issues, but the big picture of it still holds. Um, and it's, you know, the, again, I don't, I don't love it myself, but like you're driving the car, you in, in uh, quotation marks, you're driving the car and there's this backseat driver back there screaming at you to run the light. And just because he's screaming at you to run the light, you think you have to run the light, <laughs> but he's in the backseat. He's buckled in. So are you. You're behind the wheel. Like you don't have to do that. And I think the essence, the essence of that um, animation really resonates with people in, in, a, in a really big way, you know, and that's really essentially what we're saying here. Your mind will tell you, my habit equals peace. I love it. I enjoy it. I won't be the same without it. Well, you might not feel the same without it, but not in the ways your mind is telling you. And that is not peace. That is maybe relief at best. It is not peace. And there is a world of difference between relief and peace. And your mind is what's telling you, I'm going to feel this forever if I don't go do my habit. And it just isn't the truth. This is why, like having this conversation right now, kind of highlights, reminds me like why for people to find freedom from habits, like it's not really about the habit at all. If we can see that our thoughts don't tell us the truth, obviously that's going to spill over here. If you think that because something pops up in a thought form and it feels like it's in, it's yours and it's in your head and it's talking to you, if you think that's the truth, we're all in trouble and we are. That's, that's, the, that's the, uh, the state of things often, right? That's where all of our suffering comes from is we're identified with this stuff and we believe it. But can you see how huge it is to start to not believe it? Just in these two little examples in this conversation, you can start to see, wow, what, if a, what else does a mind say? What else does thought say that just isn't the truth? And that if I just see oh, that's just my mind talking. That's just thought showing up. I don't need to believe that. You have a lot more in you. You have so many possibilities and options and can do so many more reps and like so much more is there if we just know to not believe the thoughts that show up. But, you know, it's tough. <laughs> we're, we're human. We've been identifying with this stuff and believing it and listening to it forever. So I'm... Um, 
really grateful that you're listening to this now and getting this opportunity to kind of see this other side of it. Words can't even say how true it is and how huge it is to see that thoughts are not the truth. I mean, over and over and over again, that seems to be the thing that has everyone living in these tight, constrictive, you know, lives of suffering when we are, not that we're all living there all the time. Of course we're not. But that's behind all of it is, oh, I believed a thought. Oh, I believed another thought. Except we don't really see that for ourselves. That's why it's so helpful to have someone else who can see that for you. But uh, it's everything. It's everything. It's like we're, we're just in life in this pure beingness, in true peace, not a problem in the world. And then a thought shows up and it gets believed and then we suffer. And like, I just can't say it enough. That's all that's happening. That's all that's happening, which is really great news. And and I hope uh, encouraging to keep looking in this direction and seeing that one simple truth more and more. So hopefully this conversation has helped you see it around habits more and more clearly. But again, remember, I mean, a habit is no different than any other piece of life, any other way that life shows up. It's all the same and it's truly all that simple. The Change Coach Home Study Course provides a foundation that allows you to help people become free of habits, anxiety, and all forms of suffering. The course focuses on your own understanding of what's true of all people and how change works. You experience your own personal transformation so that you can guide others with conviction and clarity. As your grounding deepens, you'll learn the ins and outs of having conversations that allow people to see their own health. You'll get to watch several full coaching sessions that will be debriefed and discussed. You'll get lessons on issues that commonly arise in working with others. You'll hear from seasoned practitioners such as Mavis Karn and Mark Howard, and you'll get my latest business building workshop. And that's just some of what you get. There's actually much more in this amazing course. The Change Coach Home Study course is perfect for you if you're already working with people, either as a coach, therapist, or maybe in HR, education, or business, or if you've never worked with people in this way, but you're ready to expand your grounding and see if coaching is for you. The newly expanded and improved Change Coach Home Study course is normally $2,500, but is currently discounted to just $15.75 for members of Student Access Plus. Best of all, if you decide to go through the six-month live Change Coach certification course with me in 2023, what you pay toward the home study course goes toward your tuition. Check out the full details, payment plans, and everything about this in-depth new and improved training course at dramiejohnson.com slash changecoachtraining the home study course. And the link is in the show notes.